The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. This is the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Friday, November 4th. I'm Donald Ware. It's Friday! We've already had a a game, as a matter of fact, on yesterday to kick off uh, week 10 of the HBCU football season. Got a game uh, tonight, but of course, as we do each and every Friday, we preview the HBCU national game of the week. I mean, there's a couple of games that we could look at in terms of uh, the game of the week. I mean, you can look at the North Carolina Central and Delaware State game. I mean, that's a big game. I mean, it's a it's a pretty big game in the MEAC. I mean, a loss by Delaware State and Delaware State is pretty much, I mean, it's done at, at this point with only a, a couple of weeks left uh, to play. Uh, we definitely could have looked at the Albany State and Fort Valley State game while the SIAC's Eastern Division has already been decided by Benedict. I believe that at the end of the day, and that's at that Fountain City Classic, which is, I mean, that's a, it's a big time football game, right? And it mean, it still means a whole lot. While the SIAC's Eastern Division has been settled, at the end of the day, there's still the Division II playoffs. And with that being said, uh, I think that the, win, the, the loser of this game m- most likely is out of the playoffs. I mean, I would, I would probably venture to say, yeah, I, I think either, either one of them uh, losing probably is out of the Division II playoffs, especially with where the regional rankings uh, were that came out this past uh, Monday. But, I th- the, the the HBCU game of the women's I mean, number of games we could have looked at. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I can't, you can't really say Shawan and Elizabeth City State. I mean, it means obviously a Shawan victory means CIAA Northern Division uh, title for the Hawks. I mean, we could have looked at Virginia Union, Virginia State. That's a big game. It's a big rivalry. Uh, again, uh, a, a loss by Virginia Union, I think, is detrimental uh, because, uh, and I, I, I don't know. I think, I think Virginia Union still has a shot at the playoffs, even with a loss, uh, but a win certainly, I mean, I think with a win, regardless of what Shawan does, I think a win by Virginia Union would put Virginia Union in the Division II playoffs. But it's got to be the Southern at Florida A&M football games. got to be for these reasons. One, you look at Florida A&M and... Florida has quietly, uh, and, and you know, I, I, I sort of say quietly uh, when I say this, but Florida A&M is sort of quietly two losses, right, to start the season, Carolina, and then the big loss to Jackson State. Florida A&M has not lost a football game since. Florida A&M is on a roll. And when I look at Southern, 
Uh, yep, Southern is coming off the, uh, you know, that was a that that's a tough win, you know, a, a tough loss. Excuse me, last week uh, to Jackson State, uh, but Southern is still in that race for the Western Division crown. And while Prairie View A&M right now only has one loss, the Panthers lose the head-to-head battle because Southern defeated Prairie View A&M. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a loss here uh, by Southern really, I think, really hurts Southern. Uh, now you're talking about three losses in the conference, Prairie View A&M, <clears throat> excuse me, only with the one loss. So that in, is, in fact, why this is a big football, a big-time football game. I, I look at this, and I look at Southern, and I'm going to start with their offense because they have a dynamic player in Bashan uh, in in the quarterback, uh, Bashan McCray. I mean, he's he's really really good. He can get it done with his arms. He, arm. He can get it done uh, with his legs uh, as well. Not so much maybe last week. I look at the game against Jackson State. Maybe not so much in, in the uh, loss to Jackson State uh, last week. But when you look at his numbers over the course of the seasons, yeah, he probably he wants to get those interception that interception rate down. It's a twelve to seven touchdown to interception rate, but he's completing 62% of his passes. Um, on top of that, he's the leading rusher uh, for this Southern football team. And so what I want to do right now is I want to give you the numbers so I can make sure that um, I have the numbers um, correct. Again, he's rushed for 418 yards, five and a half yards per carry. He's already he's all, uh, also has five rushing touchdowns. And then you look at his completion percentage rate, 62% completion percentage rate, 12 touchdowns to seven interceptions. The other thing about this offense, this is a high-powered offense. Uh, you look at this offense, uh, Eric Dooley, one of the one of the gurus when you're talking about offenses. And, I mean, look at the receivers, right? Cassius Allen averaging 16 yards per reception. You know, August, uh, August Petrie, he's averaging 17 yards per reception. Um, you, you also look at Chandler Whitfield, 12 yards per reception. You look at um, Cornelius Dyson, 19 yards per reception. And these guys are in double digits in terms of the receptions on the season. So this is a Southern offense that's big play, gets the ball down the field, uh, high-octane offense. When I look at the Florida A&M defense, I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, you would have said uh, it's got to be about Isaiah Land. He was the FCS um, FCS National Player of the Year, of course, the HBCU National Player of the Year uh, last year as well uh, on the defensive side of the football. Uh, his numbers are are down um, a bit, but I think a lot of that is because other guys are making plays. He's getting all of the attention. He's getting double teamed. It's a lot. It's it's opened it up for other guys to make plays. Even though his numbers may be a little bit down. I mean, when I looked at his numbers and I want to look at them again to make sure that, of course, I give you the uh, correct information and I'll and I'll pull this up uh, momentarily. He had something like, you know, uh, I think it was 13 tackles or, or something like that. But of those um, of those 13 tackles and uh, here we are, I'm going to pull it up right here, like eight of them are tackles for loss. So, I mean, even though the numbers may be a little bit down, probably because he's facing a lot of double teams. I mean, I'd have to really, really dive deep into it to see what's going on here. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pull these numbers up uh, for you as, uh, as I'm looking at this. Yeah. So I want to make sure, because when I looked at it, I was like, wow, 
you know, his numbers are down. He's played in seven games. Remember, he didn't play in the first couple of games um, because of the um, because of the situation in, uh, uh, with the um, with not being uh, certified um, and ready to go um, for the season. Thirteen tackles, like I said, thirteen. Eight of those tackles are for loss. Five of those tackles, five, and he's got five sacks on the season. But you look at a guy like an Isaiah Major who's made who's made a major impact. Uh, you know, he's got 60 tackles, nine tackles for loss, two sacks on the season. The thing about it, one of the things that Southern likes to do, Southern likes to run the, can run the football, you know, not only with McCray, but Gerard Sims as well. Uh, Florida A&M hasn't done a, a great job uh, this year in terms of being able to stop the run. So that may be a little bit of an issue. You know, I was, I mean, it, 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 they're not, they're not bad, right? But it's, it, it's not great. And uh, in terms of stopping the run on the other side of the football, let's look at Jeremy Musa, the quarterback. He's got some solid numbers on the season. I think he's still, you know, he's not learning the offense, but I mean, he, he's still got a ways to go. I mean, when you're, you know, when you look at Willie Simmons and, and we talk about offensive gurus, Willie Simmons is another offensive guru. And I think Jeremy Musa has done some good things this year. He's got 14 touchdowns to seven interceptions on the season. One of the things that the Rattlers have not done well this year, they haven't run the football well. They're only averaging a little, maybe almost, well, really less than 102 yards rushing per game. So they haven't run ball particularly well this year. But when you talk about wide receivers, I mean, there's a plethora of wide receivers led by Xavier Smith, who's really starting to kind of come around. He's got 63 receptions on the season, 703 yards. He's also got eight touchdowns on the season. David Manigo's got 15 receptions. He's a deep threat, 226 yards. Their second leading receiver is John Murray uh, Sharid, he's got 35 receptions for 490 yards. But the thing about Musa, he's spreading. He's, sp- I mean, while Smith is his main target, he spreads the football around to other guys um, as well. But this isn't as high powered an offense from Florida A&M as we've seen in years past. Meanwhile, on the other side of the football, when I look at Spence, um, I mean, they get after the quarterback. 30 sacks on the season that's a lot that's a high number of sacks uh so far I mean, that's almost four sacks per game when you look at that southern defense they like to get after um the quarterback and that's going to be one of their car, uh, calling cards um on uh well it's been one of their calling cards on the season and it's going to have to be one of the keys in this football game is can southern get to jeremy Musa, will that Florida A&M offensive line be able to hold up uh, and be able to protect Jeremy Musa? So as far as predictions, I mean, this is, uh, you know, the game is, it, it's, it's, it's an old rivalry that goes back many, many years. Um, you talk about the game being at Florida A&M. Uh, it's a pivotal game because, again, for Florida A&M, six straight wins, but now, I mean, really, the way Jackson State is playing, I mean, Florida and, and, and Florida and it was, I mean, it's, you know, Jackson State is just going to win the East again. Um, but Florida A&M has an opportunity at an FCS uh, at-large berth to the. Meanwhile, Southern is still fighting for the Western Division crown. A loss for either team would be detrimental. 
for either team. This is a tough game to pick because I want to know, I mean, I'd like to see how Southern responds coming off that loss um, to Jackson State. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, I, I didn't see a 35 to nothing game. Uh, that, that may speak a little bit, maybe, to Southern's defense uh, because because Southern's offense generated z- goose egg, zero uh, points. Jackson, you know, Florida A&M is not Jackson State. Uh, and then, of course, you go back. That was a long time ago, but Florida A&M got just manhandled uh, by J- Jackson State in that football game. But again, six straight wins. Both teams, in terms of quality of, of opponents, hasn't been spectacular. But I will give Southern credit because they've got two major wins against Prairie View A&M. Also a big win um, against um, uh, uh, Prairie View A&M, excuse me, and... Um, the other team, oh, Alcorn State, excuse me, the, the, the victory over uh, Alcorn State, even though they've had a Virginia University of Lynchburg in there and uh, uh, another another team um, that, that was in there um, as, uh, oof, the, the team is escaping me. And matter of fact, let me, you know, I want to make sure I have um, the information right uh, in terms of uh, that team. So let me look it up, Southern. But again, because it was early in the season uh, for Southern. Yeah, it was Florida Memorial. Florida Memorial early uh, in the season. I think all of that said, I think it's going to be a close football game. I think it's one that I'm going to predict that Southern is going to pull out this football game on the road. Um, It's going to be a jam-packed game. We know uh, Southern travels well, and there's going to be some Southern fans at uh, Bragg uh, Bragg Memorial Stadium, and thus I'm going to give Southern the edge over Florida A&M in this football game. Your thoughts, you can hit me up uh, via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, uh, uh, well, on Twitter, right? And on, on, well, yep, on Facebook as well at B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Want you to enjoy the football game that you have uh, this weekend. I'll be, <clears throat> excuse me, in Greensboro, uh, of course, calling the North Carolina A&T and Norfolk State game, an old MEAC rivalry, a non-conference game uh, for both teams. So that should be uh, a good game to call. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, where you can find us uh, on our website at boxtorow.com. Maybe this weekend, after you've, after you've listened to this one, the next couple of days, why don't you go back and catch up on some of the podcasts that really go back uh, to 2017. Uh, you can also find us on iHeartMedia.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can find us on the Box to Rope YouTube page. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your football game. And I'll talk with you on Monday.